Hello and welcome to the second episode. We will be spending this episode talking to Kitty Young, who is a prolific creator and prominent figure in the maker community. She is currently working to make quantum computing more accessible to everyone as part of the Microsoft Quantum Systems team. I first met Kitty at Maker Faire a number of years ago where she was showing off some fantastic wearable projects using Intel parts. In addition to quantum computing, she is passionate about physics, art, music, and fashion design. So much so, in fact, that she has recently launched her own brand of science and nature-themed clothing using eco-friendly manufacturing processes. Let's get started. Welcome to the practical podcast for technical people who want to start their own company. From founding to building your business, we're here to help. I'm Sean Hemel. And I'm Harris Kenny. This is the Hello Blink Show. Kitty, welcome to the show. You are a hardware engineer designer. You've got your PhD in applied physics, and I remember you telling me you were working on some quantum computing type stuff. You're also writing a book to help quantum computing more accessible for people. You manage the Microsoft garage in the Bay Area, and you have your own fashion brand. Oh, and you find time to play the piano on the side. So you have a lot of stuff going on for you. So welcome to the show, and we really want to focus on the fashion side of it for you today, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me, Sean Harris. You have a lot of things going on. What inspired you to start your own fashion brand? <laughs> yeah, actually, it's you guys. <laughs> I was doing fashion design for fun, and I started it as a way to do more creative things uh, besides doing science. So. I have been designing clothes since I was a kid. I really love that, but all I was doing were uh, was drawing and painting. I create my graphic novel characters and I design clothes for them. It's all theoretical. And then uh, when I was doing my PhD and I was finishing it up, I wanted to learn a new skill. I thought, why don't I learn sewing? and just make some of my designs into reality. So uh, after I finished my experiments, I was writing my thesis. So during the day, I was very effectively writing efficiently. And then in the evening, I uh, learned to sew. And even my first piece of design was my own. Uh, the first piece that I sewed was my own design. And it was just traditional. I was only making things for fun. Um, and the clothing were using existing fabrics. But then because I also do painting, I thought, why don't I put my paintings onto the fabrics? So I started exploring that and was able to make um, fashion design pieces that's uniquely based on the paintings, the graphics on the fabrics. And because I was also doing robotics, projects uh, with some maker friends, I thought, why don't I embed electronics and microcontrollers into clothes? So I started putting those uh, elements into uh, wearables. And I know that there are a lot of great designers that's already doing that. And they're making really inspiring pieces. But I also want to make pieces that are wearable every day. So they are mostly made of fabrics and I embedded the electronics and components modules into those fabrics and make them change colors or move based on your body or environmental data. So th th this were all completely exploration and it was all for uh, is a hobby I do after work. But then a lot of friends, like uh, people in our maker community and um, even strangers on the streets, they will ask me, where do I buy our designs? So <laughs> I was just so curious. I didn't know how manufacturing worked for fashion. And it was not possible for me to make products all by myself uh, in my own studio and do high volume production, that's impossible. And I don't have time and the skill for that. So I started looking into manufacturing, but also learned a lot of pain points and problems that's in the fashion industry currently. 
and I really want to change that. Uh, so I guess it's all driven by curiosity and just wanted to solve problems. So I started to um, build a brand and it, it was a couple of years effort. And this year, finally, I got my first batch of designs produced. Uh, actually, it's not exactly the first batch. I will actually talk about the very first batch I, I made in a, in a little bit. But this would be my um, officially second batch. Um, but with the brand, that's the first batch. I launched my brand with um, the, these new designs and make them into products people can buy off the shelf. So even people who are not makers, they don't know about making clothes, can enjoy them. And I'm still learning a lot. <laughs> Kitty, I'd love to go to that question around the production side and the fashion industry. I was reading in an interview where you were talking about demand-driven production in the fashion industry versus sort of anticipating what people might want and then companies make a bunch of clothes and then a bunch of it isn't used. Um, so I was wondering if you could expand on that because I think for, for founders and people who are starting their own businesses, there's a benefit also in being a lot more efficient in, in terms of their own cash flow and, and how they're managing the business. And so I'd love for you to talk about the environmental side of that, but also the business side, because it seems to be a win-win. Yeah, I wish it were an easy win-win. Um, the clothing manufacturing is a pretty traditional and historic industry. And because of that it hasn't really evolved very much and adopt the latest technologies to help them very much. So coming from a technology side, I was a little shocked to see how clothing manufacturing is run right now. So give you a, a bit of background. I have um, my professional degree in condensed matter physics, and I've been doing solid states uh, circuit design um, and chip design. And I've been to the clear room and mo all of the file, all of the designs are done digitally on files. And I could manufacture, or not really manufacture, but prototype them very quickly in the clear room. And they can very easily uh, or quickly scale up um, in a production to, to make um, large scale chips. And everything is done at nanometer and micrometer scale in a very efficient way. Of course, there's mistakes made, but you can always change the file and then redo your design. Uh, in clothing manufacturing, I was trying to see how that, how that same kind of methodology transfers. Uh, it would follow very similar steps. You also start with a pattern design and you define how you cut the fabrics and how to sew them together is, is like it's called a tech pack and it basically using documentation to describe how you would uh, handle the materials and sew them together but it's a super manual process still there's some software that's trying to digitize all these processes and make more streamlined design but it hasn't really quite connected to the cut and sew in manufacturing yet so is going between fashion designer and pattern maker and manufacturer back and forth. So many human errors could be made during the process. For a designer to develop something could take more than half a year. Uh, just a new piece of new style that could do that. And it really didn't make sense to me. Because we could already make things like nanometer and micrometer scale at high precision, we can't even make clothing that efficiently and quickly. Um, and the time scale for like chip, um, if you're prototyping it, that's like a, a week or something. And then if you want to scale it, that's um, maybe a few weeks. And uh, depending on the priority, is is pretty fast and streamlined. Um, clothing that really takes a long time. And then um, is also a very segmented market. There are so many 
different manufacturing facility around the world, and they all do things differently. And also because of cheaper labor in developing countries, a lot of brands will go to those countries for production,、uh, and there they have very high quality and good skills. But then people there have the mindset of only doing mass production, so they're not very supportive of independent designers.、Uh, if you want to start as a new brand, usually you you want to start small, you want to test the market, and and then see how you react to that. But then this kind of structure doesn't support that.、Uh, you go to those very good、um, manufacturers, they. Just ask you how much are you ordering right now, and but you think I want to do the development with you, and and I want to make sure that the sample you are able to do it, and I want to know how long it will take you to deliver it. But they don't want to do that step. They just want to go directly to tens of thousands of order that that kind of scale. So it's not supportive for creative designers. Especially our designs are not using any standard patterns, and then you need to find someone local to help you with that. But the process is again very, very manual, very slow, and also more expensive if you want to do it in United States.、Um, but eventually, I had to do that. I actually found manufacturers in the states to do them at small scale first. And they have the capability to scale it up if you need, but、um, they they are more expensive. The cost is higher,、um, but yeah, that's a lot of、um, back and forth and pain points involved there. When you were launching this brand, you were finding manufacturers and finding a way to make this you know more scalable for sale. What were some of the fears you had initially? Because you said that you've learned a lot in the process, and it sounds like you definitely have in figuring out how these manufacturers work. What were some of the fears you had initially, and how did you? What did you do to get around some of those, or did they not come? Did they come to be not true, basically?、Uh, let's see. At first, I was trying to find some experienced people in China to do the manufacturing. Because I I know a lot of people in that industry, and they seem to be having a lot of、uh, many many years of experience in that industry, and they wanted to help me. So some people actually reach out to me and they say, "I want to I want to help you make your designs、uh, products."、Um, so it, yeah, it's funny because my my designs had a lot of visibility already when they were just prototypes. Um, so there are some media coverage about it. So then people learn about it, and they they came to me, and they wanted to help me do that. So I had some partners in China, but then they had also had really hard time finding some skilled pattern makers to help do that, because they they as I mentioned earlier, they were just wanting to know how much you 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 want to order, want to pay right now, but then. My fear was that I have no idea how well the sample would turn out, and I cannot commit right away. I really need to test test this,、um, and that's also coming from an engineer's point of view. We always start with a very、uh, cutting edge idea, and then we try it out with a small sample, and then we can we can build it up.、Uh, So, right. Yeah. So, my partners had really hard time finding manufacturers that that could do it, and they actually changed several manufacturers. They changed so many、uh, tailors and sample makers,、uh, and they dragged on for more than a year,、uh, and we had to do shipping between countries. And I was also very afraid of my stuff get lost. <laughs> So, and because I I had to hand make all these,、uh, I I made all the initial samples, and to me they were precious, and I was really worried about losing them. Ah,、uh, so that was another thing, the length of time, and then the huge amount of commitment that they asked for. 
Um, but I did find some solution in terms of um, fabric making. So that was also a pain point that is not just cut and sew because all my paintings, uh, all my fabrics are my paintings. So I first need to use digital printing to print them on onto fa fabrics. I was able to find a company in United States and I'm super happy with them. So I don't know if you want me to to uh, disclose who they who they are. Uh, but if you want to cut it later, we can do that too. So they, they are called Spoonflower and they are a online service. They have a website. You can submit any kinds of digital files. They would print it onto all kinds of fabrics. They send you samples of fabric texture. You can feel it and you can print your whatever image you want on the fabrics. And then you can do the repeats and design all online. So I really love that kind of methodology because as it really gives power to the designer. You can see everything clearly. You can see the uh, options and your price points. Um, everything is so transparent and they can ship any volume. You can make a test, do a small test sample and you can also order as much um, fabric as you want. So I thought that clothing making should follow the same method. It should allow designers to use some online service to do design and submit a standard type of file that would then send to the manufacturer who knows how to download it and be able to reproduce. But we don't have anything like that. Um, so my partner in China also tried finding fabric printers. They actually have a lot of facility that can do really good fabric printing, digital printing. And that's not like a, a difficult thing for people in China. But again, they were saying, you have to order 100 meters right away. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. So exactly the same thing with clothing making. So it really doesn't help with creativity. And I think in the future, people are also more interested in unique outfits that express their personality and individuality. So everyone would be very different. And also in terms of fit, everyone's shape is different. Body, we don't, we, we're right now using the cookie cutter method, trying to find the size that fit us. But really, we have to get to the point that allows people to choose whatever look they, they want and would exactly fit their body. So this actually comes, um, this actually brings up about the overproduction problem. So earlier, I wanted to answer Harris's question about environmental impacts of fashion industry. That's also something I learned along the way that was heartbroken. Um, I loved fashion because it's, I think it's a form of art and is a platform for creative designers to uh, leverage, leverage their creativity and support people who um, like unique items. But turn out uh, because of this mass production uh, pressure, that's put on from the manufacturer, but also because the development process is so long and, and human labor intensive, plus that all of the factories think that they can make more profit if they turn on the machine to reproduce in one go, than turn on the machine to make, a, make one piece. Uh, most of the bigger brands, they go to developing countries and people are paid very cheaply and people don't work in very good conditions. And But then they mass produce these clothing that are not really creative. They're not really designed. And we see them all over the place in department stores. And they're just lying there. They have They go down rounds of discounts. Still people don't want them. 
a lot of brands they try they try all kinds of ways to get rid of them they they resell them um, and they may donate but some brands are even afraid of hurting their brand image they would rather burn them or send to send them to landfill than donating or selling cheaper so turn out the waste is 30 percent of garments ever made and never sold globally wow yeah and the burning and the process uh, of making clothing and wasting all these resources contribute to 10% of carbon footprint it, we can find the numbers all over the internet but then still people don't quite know about it I think we are only at the time that more education of consumers uh, have have become more available on this topic. Only right now, people start to small number of people start to realize it. Uh, existing top fashion brands, a lot of them waste tens of billions of dollars every year. So it really doesn't make sense and this whole system does not support creativity and then it generates so much waste so i think fashion industry should be driven by art and creativity and need we shouldn't be making anything until someone already wants it so your your proposal for this let me see if i'm following here your proposal is to enable more boutique type of artists to create these garments such as yourself and go after the what people need, what people want, rather than mass producing and throwing away 30% of it. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. And we, a lot of people would think uh, we should do more localized manufacturing and uh, meet the demand of people. And I also think that we need to give people tools to do any volume of production. So take a take 3D printing as an example is a perfect example for this. And it doesn't have a long history. I think it's a whole new uh, industry that uses 3D printing as I think the latest most mature technology out there in the past couple years, which is the methodology is all digital. And you can now buy your own 3D printer. They have dropped price dramatically. So if you're a maker, you can buy your own machine. Or there are services. Um, I use Shapeways, but there are other ones. You can just upload. You can design your own 3D models and just upload them online on a service. They calculate how much material is used. They charge you by that amount and shipping. Uh, they have some initial tests to see if it, it follows their tolerance and um, allowances. Uh, but most of this process, from a user's point of view, is very automated and streamlined. Fashion has developed for 100 years. It actually was an industry that benefited from the first industrial revolution when machinery made it possible to mass produce. But then I think there are some culture uh, differences between the engineering community and the fashion community that uh, those two industries haven't been helping each other enough. And for a hundred years, we've been developing very separately and fashion hasn't benefited from the latest tools that we develop as engineers then it created all these huge problems, global problems. And it doesn't support individuals um, at scale to, um, to do more creative work. That makes a ton of sense. And I'm curious, you know, a theme that we're gonna be talking about a lot on the show is how you really need support to scale up, right? And so you can make your first prototype your first design in your workshop on your own but it sounded like in order for you to reach more people people saw your designs and they loved them and they wanted to buy them but in order for them to buy them you needed to find the right suppliers to help you actually bring these things to market and 
I sounds like that's just been a very manual process of reaching out, having lots of individual conversations, looking on the internet. It doesn't sound like there's a way to, there's no shortcuts on that. It just seems like a lot of work. Yeah, no, right? yeah, yeah. Because it's like fashion is also is not a rational industry. So people buy things out of their impulses. So they see something they really like. I just want it right now. So you can't give people say, "I have this design and wait for half a year and I can make it for you." So we can't do like an Indiegogo for for fashion quite the same way. And yeah, so but then I think people's mindsets are changing, and there are also technologies that's、uh, being developed that could help engineering tools that could help. But we need to connect them together to build a complete ecosystem. And yeah, so right now, currently, my fashion brand is trying to pursue、um, definitely creative designs. I would not,、um, I would not compromise the creativity in order to achieve faster production. I've had conversations with. Makers,、uh, pattern makers, that suggest that if you want to have your paintings on the fabric, why don't you get me like a existing pattern or existing outfit, and I can reverse engineer the pattern and just let you put your painting on that. But everything that I make is original, from the fabric, from the pattern、um, to the、uh, complete outfit. And also, some of them have electronics embedded in them. So I want—I really want to keep the originality and also show the world this is possible. One solution is I make some of my more futuristic designs as open source tutorials. I know the maker community has been contributing to this a lot, and we've been learning from each other, benefiting from our tutorials. And I want to、uh, convey this idea more to people outside the maker community, the mass consumers. They have no idea about open source. They don't know that we can make things、uh, ourselves, and、uh, we have all these resources already online. So I'm using my fashion brand. First,、uh, I will show the consumers that here are some very unique, beautiful designs that are creative. You can already buy, but here are also some designs that you can buy the fabrics with the paintings and patterns already printing on them, and you can do cut and sew yourself. And if you want to get even deeper, there are the ele- electronic components you can also find through my tutorials and build one for yourself. I think it's a, it's gonna be a long journey. It's gonna be a long process to influence, but I'm hoping that、um, this could be driving some of that. Absolutely, and from as somebody who advocates for open source, anything,、uh, I will say thank you. This is that is amazing that you're open sourcing a lot of your patterns and designs for people to make their own. I think that's absolutely fantastic. So I want to go back to the business question for you, and you've you've launched this brand, and I know a lot of times at early stages it's just getting the name out there, making some early sales, and getting some advocates who really enjoy and show off. In this case, showing off your clothes physically. When you're talking about this idea of empowering smaller businesses and smaller fashion designers to make lower volume type things, what is the profit margin? That comes into play that is still sustainable, right? A lot of times these brands do large scale develop, or excuse me, large scale production, so that they can make higher profits and be ideally more sustainable from a financial perspective, not you know globally, not helping the environment. Are you finding that by going with smaller manufacturers, are you able to get the profits that meet your needs for the business, or you can foresee meeting your needs for the business? Yeah, so. I think I am not trying so hard on making money at this moment because I have a day job and I'm doing fashion 
for fun as I enjoyed it. So I currently I haven't put a lot of pressure on myself uh, to make a lot of money and do it full time. So I want just wanted to make sure that I don't lose money, so I get enough return. And I actually want to donate um, the profits to environmental impact and STEAM education. And so right now the sales have been quite small, and I can't make a impactful contribution yet but that's that's the model that i am pursuing and i think this is insane to a lot of people <laughs> because when you run a business you want to we're in a capitalist society you need to make sure you you make a lot of money and you do it full time uh yeah but for now just from my personal perspective uh i really enjoy my day job as a physicist and i would continue to do technology and science so even if I do fashion full-time it's gotta be a technology fashion company it's not gonna be a, just the the regular fashion business so I would do it completely differently um, yeah so right now um, because it's just starting I'm learning quite rapidly what are the methods that could uh, help the brand and I think physical presence makes a lot of sense for a fashion brand because most people want to try it on to make sure they fit and the fabrics they like so physical pop-up shops are good opportunities and getting into some collaboration with boutiques will be will be helpful of course I, I have a website that people can buy from the website and I, I've been getting some sales from there too. Um, right now is at the time of analyzing the data to understand what makes the most sense uh, and which ones are more popular. So, but then I will not compromise uh, popularity uh, to reduce my creativity and just to meet uh, certain tastes. Cause I, I think everyone wants something different and I really think there's no trend in fashion. The trend in the future is individuality. So I would not like say, oh, this is a popular color this year and I'm just gonna produce this color. So yeah, I think I think I'm I'm a little crazy in this uh, business. Is that I not following any of the traditional um, how do you say um, for for fashion? There are a lot of ways you have to follow, and you need to play with people's vanity and superficial interests, <laughs> but. My brand is called Art by Physicists, and I'm using that to communicate about technology and science as well. And there's definitely a audience that likes it. And I think uh, intellectual value is more important than the f superficial look. So, but yeah, I'm trying to make it both intellectual and it looks good too. I don't know if that answers your question. And I think I think the other um, there are other ways like I know a lot of people do well uh, online with Instagram and maybe YouTube. Yeah, that's a that's also a lot of effort. And if I were to do it full time, I can probably do that. And also getting investment getting uh, VC funding. So, yeah. That's awesome. That, I think that definitely no, answers the questions. Yeah. I mean, this has been really interesting. You are talking across so many different areas. I think it's, but I think a lot of people who start companies are like that. They have lots of different interests and then they tend to focus on one thing if they're promoting their new business or you know a new brand, like in your case. But if you ever get a chance to talk and hear about other things they're interested. I think I think a lot of people have a lot of different things that they want to talk about, and your ability to jump between those different things has been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I have a lot of patience in things, 
if you if you notice from my website, I have so many things that I've been developing over a long period of time, and eventually they scale. So I'm not the type of person who just want to make money in a couple years, but I have some patience to develop develop technology and shift culture and change gradually how industry can improve. So I have quite a few parallel projects that could also help the fashion industry. Wow, that's amazing. So I think we got to wrap it up. Um, where can people go to find, either check out your clothing or buy it? Can you give us a website? Yeah, so the brand and the company is called Art by Physicist. Uh, the URL is my name. Is Kitty, K-I-T-T-Y, Y-E-U-N-G dot com. If you just search, it will, you will probably see two websites. One is my personal one. It's called artbyphysicistkittyyoung.com. You can find the shop on the front page as well, uh, in the homepage. You can find the link there. Or you just uh, search for kittyyoung.com and it, it should pop up too. Great. And I have to say, your pieces are absolutely gorgeous. The It's a lot of science-based things, so stars and planets and the ones that integrate electronics are very tastefully done, right? The things twinkle and not in an obnoxious sense. Um, they look so good. So congratulations on starting this brand. And I know you've been working on it for a very long time. They, the pieces look absolutely great. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I have some upgrades and future designs that will have more technologies embedded in them. So yeah. Ooh, I'm excited to see these. Yeah, so that's also a way to, uh, the fashion brand is also a way to try to integrate the tech and fashion industries as much as possible. I've been also going around giving talks in both communities and there's a huge uh, effort uh, by very interesting companies that do e-textile, flexible electronics, there is an industry. Um, but oftentimes they uh, will make things without really knowing where they will apply their technologies in. So like they put sensors, uh, flexible sensors and flexible circuits. And then usually they end up being like sportswear or medical devices. But I wanted to show people that, hey, fashion is actually a very interesting case for applications. Everyone is wearing something. They're not always wearing medical uh, wear or sportswear every day, but they're wearing uh, whatever they, they like and they could be beautiful. So why can't I put functionality into my beautiful dresses? So that's, that's uh, the other side of um, converging technology and fashion together is by literally putting technology into clothes. That's such a cool venture. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what other pieces you come out with that integrate all this stuff. Thanks, yeah. And if people want to look up on the tutorials, they can also do DIY and they can find those on my website as well. Perfect. Thanks they go so for much. All you makers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For makers, check out the tutorials. And Kitty, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it. And I hope you have a nice day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Let us know what you think on Twitter at HelloBlinkShow. Find show notes at helloblinkshow.com. The Hello Blink Show is shared under a CC BY 4.0 license by Skalriza LLC and Kenny Consulting Group LLC. The intro and outro music is Routine by Amin Maxwell and is shared under a CC BY 3.0 license. This song can be found at soundcloud.com slash aminemaxwell slash routine. While you have us for like the next 10 minutes, do you have any questions for business and marketing? Yeah, what are you what what's what are you working on? What's keeping you up, or what is lingering on your to do list that you haven't been able to cross off for the last two months? I I just feel I don't have enough time. That's really yeah. it. And I I need a partner that could really take on more of this sales and marketing. So yeah, and I'm moving. Well, you know, I think for your sales and marketing side for the business. Um, it's hard to get full-time help, but I think it's definitely, you know, it's definitely something where you could potentially get someone to help with like a, a small part of it. Like, 
you know, running social media is something you could potentially get someone to help with. You know, since you're kind of bootstrapping the business, I think, you know, you're probably would be interesting to try to look at your sales so far and see what's selling and try to set some goals, some sales goals for those products. And then you take that money and you reinvest it into hiring like a freelancer or like someone to Upwork or something to do your social or, or maybe it's email marketing if email marketing is working better for you. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, I think since you're bootstrapping it, that's kind of what my initial thought based on where things are now and looking through your shop. But I don't know, Sean, what do you think? Um, I, I think you're right in that social is a very easy thing that anybody who's bootstrapping can pick up and do. It's a question of doing it as well as making sure it's effective. So yeah. I think the biggest question is figuring out where your audience is. You know, who is your primary audience? Is it other fashion designers? Is it, you know, people who are into both science and fashion and want to buy clothes that represent that? Um, and where, what channel do they hang out on, right? Like my, my gut guess would be Instagram. Um, I might be way off base, um, depend, like you might, you probably know better where people hang out that are into your clothing or would be into your clothing. Yeah, I feel uh, Instagram might be too crowded. So many fashion contents, but I know my audience are women in tech, women who, okay. like myself. And actually most of these professional connections I have are on LinkedIn, <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't quite know how you can really do marketing on, on LinkedIn and if it's appropriate. Um, it's I find that LinkedIn is, is definitely about making connections. Um, you know, go through your list of like your second, people who say like second connection, go through your list and just start connecting with those and be like, oh, hey, it seems we know so-and-so where we both lived in this area and just, you know, see if you can make those connections and I would say make LinkedIn more personal than it is more about your business, but make sure your homepage is, you know, you know, you've got the Microsoft stuff on there, but also make sure that you've got plenty of links and show, showcase your own brand as much as possible if that's your primary focus is to get uh, information out about your fashion brand. You know, change your banner, all of these things that showcase you and your clothing and that you're primarily a fashion designer, and then start um, just connecting with people who are like your second connections. Anytime you go to a, a conference or an event where you're meeting people, the other women in tech, you know, always get their card and add them on LinkedIn. That's that's easy. Um, and then start, I would just start posting because LinkedIn's um, feed section is now operates a lot like Twitter. It's just, it's a more professional crowd, um, but hashtags absolutely work. Um, you can mention people as well as uh, joining groups. And, you know, everyone says join groups. I personally haven't found a good way to actively engage in those groups. So if there's one that's like, you know, tech fashion designers that you can join or start and get people talking on there or contribute to, that's another good way. Um, but I think the important thing is to just make your LinkedIn page represent your brand and then try to like post, I don't know, once a day, once a week, just regularly on there hitting your hashtags about something um, that you've done, that you've learned for your for your fashion, for your brand, right? Like, oh, this pattern came in, or I discovered this, or, you know, I, you know, released these new things. And I think, um, to me, that's what I'm discovering as when people talk about sharing your story or telling your story in marketing, it's really just giving people these updates and insights into your life through the lens of whatever brand you want them to see. So if you want them to see the fashion brand, make sure you're consistently posting on LinkedIn. And I, I do, I, I do see you posting on uh, social fairly often, but um, the big thing is I would say, make sure your your LinkedIn page just reflects that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's actually my personal dilemma is that I don't want people to see me as one or the other. I, I'm really a both. Um, that's, that's what makes me, right, is physics and art. So I, yeah, I, I'll be careful with how people perceive my information because I don't want people to think I'm doing a full time just to do fashion because that would not make my brand because it's all about science and uh, STEAM. And right. yeah, but I, I have been, when I 
earlier in my career was all about science, and then people were missing the creative side of me. So right now, I think is is balanced, and I I will try to keep that keep it that way. Um, if people yeah, if people want to、uh, follow on social, I have a brand account. It's called Art by Physicist. Very easy to find、uh, on Instagram. Thinking maybe okay, so maybe setting up a company page for Art by Physicist on LinkedIn, and then seeing if you can post from that,、um, and then it, it just takes work on LinkedIn because you, you have to go through and like connect with people. But that's another way to start, and then that way you can keep your personal page separate from say your brand, your fashion brand. Yeah, that's I am doing that right now.、Um, but then like Harris was saying, like you know if you if you want to spend some money, look at hiring somebody say part time to、um, help create posts and figure out. Who's interacting with what、um, with your content? Yeah, and you know, I'm a big believer in email marketing. You know, if you can get people to subscribe and you you know do some sort of regular newsletter as a way to show your new products, and you know, in the newsletter you can show the sort of diversity of your interests by talking about different things in there. Whereas on social media, you know, you just get like that one post, and it's hard to talk about two different things.、Um, I think that might be、uh, something interesting to spend some time on. I know you've got a subscribe button on your website. I'm curious, like, if you know people are signing up for that, and how many people you've got signed up for that.、Um, but that that can be the kind of thing that can be a really, really nice direct driver for e-commerce transactions. You know, because because you just you get that. You, oh, these earrings look cool. Click buy. You know.、Um, how do you how do you get people to sign up on the subscribe? So you know, there's a couple different ways to do that, but I think the the most important place to start is just by having an interesting newsletter. By like having, you need to commit to it regularly, posting on a regular basis, so they know they can they can expect it. And then within that, just、um, telling interesting stories or you know, focusing on quality. I think you want to like nail those two things down first. Then once you've done that, then you know you can.、Um, Maybe move it up higher on the website because right now it's in the bottom right corner. Maybe you move that like into the header. So instead of free shipping on orders over one hundred dollars, maybe instead of that, you have at the very top of your page, sign up, sign up for the newsletter to see like to be the first one to see our latest designs or whatever, you know. And then you can post about it on LinkedIn and Twitter and say, hey, you know, if you enjoy, you know, some of the stuff I post here, you should really sign up for the newsletter. That's where I share everything first. Kind of thing, and that that's where you know you don't need to build up a hundred thousand subscribers, but if you have five hundred subscribers, fifteen hundred subscribers over time, you know I think that could potentially help move the needle.、Um, and the nice thing about email is that you own it, so you're never going to have to pay to get reach to your own followers like you will with social media. You know, so that that can be a good way. And running running and distributing email email newsletters is obviously not expensive, and I think people are used to that. And I think. Newsletters are kind of up, up and coming again. They're really kind of on the rise, I think, for for a lot of reasons.、Uh, the only thing I don't like about email, like, no, I think email is great because the click through rate is so fantastic with email, and you can make it personalized for your audience, and it's a self selecting group.、Um, the only thing I don't like it is it requires you to do two fold. Level of content, so I think it requires more work for content、um, because you have to create things on your site that initially attract people to you in the first place, and then you have to make a compelling newsletter that people click through and continually read.、Um, and I think it requires both of those. So I think you know the the combination of like blog or whatever it is plus newsletter、um, requires so much extra effort that I don't know if it's worthwhile for a single person unless you can get you know help or. Devote more time to creating content for both of those. That's my only complaint with email. But otherwise, it's I still think it is the the best tool if you can devote the time. That's fair. The email and social media, yeah, I think is. I got I got a lot of advice along that line. I think it just boils down to my time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're right. right. Yeah.、Um, yeah. Find a partner that、uh, can run the business together. Makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and then for the time being, you can do social on your own.、Um, whether it's a LinkedIn,、um, you know, look at something like Buffer, where you can take like one picture, write a caption, and it you know spits it to Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn all at once,、um, and that that can help multiply your your output for content for social media. But、um, 
I mean, yeah, social media is okay, but I think if you don't have a lot of time, it's it's the easiest way you can tell your story. Yeah, at the end of the day, everything boils down to ads. <laughs> I just <laughs> found that all these biggest companies that make the most money are ads companies, and is a little bit. I don't know. Is coming from the science side as a scientist, it just is not the purity that I was looking for. But then everything ties in. <laughs> everything ties in that way together. That like even when you are you are in, in science, you write paper and you have to get pa- people to read your paper, and it's again about marketing. So yeah, I can I can I can look at it f- from a very positive angle. Yeah, I mean, you you might want to think about、um, you know things like referral codes, you know, and ways. I think because you have、uh, like brand that people are, I think, more likely to be like interested in than like a big corporate brand.、Um, and so you know there are ways of marketing that reward people who follow along and who care about your brand.、Um, You know, promotional codes, referral codes, things like that, where they could say, "Hey, maybe this isn't for me, but this looks really cool." And there's this code in December. I'll reshare it because maybe some of my friends might like it. You know, whereas like I think people wouldn't do that for a big brand. Like, if Uniqlo is having a sale, I'm not going to be like, "Hey, everybody, check it out! Uniqlo is having a sale," because they don't need my help. But You know, but if you have some new product and you say, "Hey, this is a limited run. We're only going to sell ten of these.、Um, check it out, or like tag a friend." I do think you have because you have this strong personal brand association that that might be something you could、uh, capitalize on, and that would make it feel a little less advertisey and a little more like, "Hey, this is for people who care, and, and we're going to reward the people who care and who share about it." And then they 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 get a chance to like. Signal to other people who they are because they're like, look, I'm cool because I know who this designer is and I know what she does, and it's a way for me to show other people that like, you know, I'm smart and know about fashion, and it's a way for them to like become promoting you becomes like part of their identity, part of who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if you if you see something you、uh, from my posts, and if you want to make any suggestions, I would love those. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for all yeah, these great、totally. tips. Yeah, no. I, it should be you, you guys show, so it should be that I interview <laughs> you for for input. 